Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 413. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rickstraw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. Now, this week on the show, we'll be taking a look at the grimy eco-horror film Gaia. Also be going over some of we're watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be super helpful. Uh, just one bit of housekeeping. The new Save by the 90s should be dropping this week. I think last week I said it was going to be dropping and yeah. I just didn't quite finish the edit. So it's Liar. coming out this week for sure. I'm Are you almost, sure? Yes. I'm almost done with the edit. Yeah. So. It'll it'll definitely hundred percent. I'm not fooling. Hundred percent out okay. this week. <clears throat> I'm like ninety percent done. Okay, so all right. It's definitely watch. Out. Watch something happen, Kevin. Let's talk about Gaia, shall we? Yeah, let's. So this is uh this is one that I talked about very briefly. I think a couple months ago, it played a festival. <laughs> I can't remember what festival. Shit. Um, one of those, one uh, of the, one of the festivals. Let, let me look. Uh, it played South by Southwest. Oh, there you earlier go. This year. I have a, uh, synopsis here. An injured forest ranger on a routine mission is saved by two off the grid survivalists. What is initially a welcome rescue grows more suspicious as the son and his renegade father reveal a cultish devotion to the forest. This is directed by Jacko Bauer. Now, I, I do have a written review for this up on the site. So, Kevin, we'll start it with you. What were your initial impressions of Gaia? I wish I would have d- d- remembered that. I would have looked it up and read it before we, before we recorded. Because I, I vaguely remember you talking about this one. And then it became quite clear that I do, in fact, remember you talking about this one because of the creature designs mm. in this movie. Uh, which <sighs> makes this... this this is a tricky one for me in that sense, because this feels like it's just taking a bunch of ideas that already exist and have been done elsewhere and then just kind of mashing them together. I mean, because the creature designs in this movie are like to the T exactly like something else. Yeah. So I, I've said it in my review. I think a lot of people have said this, the creatures in this are almost lifted directly from the last of us. Like there's just no, like there's no way that they weren't influenced by that game. No, it's impossible because a, they look exactly the same. B, uh, they behave like, like exactly Mm -hmm. like the game. I mean, like it's just like they brought, they used that and just brought it to light. Like there's no way. And it's tough because of me knowing that, because of me playing that game, I just, you know, as soon as it happens and anytime they're shown, which unfortunately is not that often, but, you know, when they are shown, you're just kind of like, well, you just stole this whole idea. And like, I can't, I can't divorce myself from that. Like, I, there's a part of me that wonders, like, what would I have thought of this movie if I hadn't, if I never played Last of Us or, you know, I don't really have that knowledge of the game. Yeah, I uh, I was able to divorce myself. I mean, the similarities are there. It's undeniable. I mean, especially if you're a fan of the Last of Us series, like you'll immediately know that these are the same creatures. Like you said, it, it not only do they look the same, but 
yeah, their movements, the, the sounds that they make, like the clickers, uh, that's all the same. And the, like the blindness, like that's a big thing too, is the fact that this, this fungus that has taken over this forest, it, it gets in your eyes and it blinds you as one of the things. And that's the exact same thing that happens in the last of us. So while these similarities are undeniable, I didn't really knock at points for that. I mean, I certainly was critical of it. Like I pointed it out, but I was able to sort of separate like those, the the fact that it was, you know, so similar. I was kind of, kind of able to separate it out and, and sort of just look at this. But like you said, like those creatures aren't in large, they're not in it a ton. So, you know, all the, all of the other stuff, like the little, the fungi that's like growing out of you when you get infected and all of the like crazy roots growing everywhere and all of that. It's kind of able to, to look at all of that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, ultimately what disappoints me with this movie overall is like even if i'm able to get past the just absolute cribbing of ideas from other things it's that it has a pretty interesting premise this the setup is nice where you know she gets injured by these survivalists inadvertently one of their trap injures her and then she you know comes to find that there's these creatures in the forest that but so much of this is that like, that's just kind of pushed to the side and it becomes this weird thing about her wanting to help the teenage son or like 20. I don't know how old he is, but like that becomes her main focus is like getting him out of there. And I was just not really interested in that at all because it really didn't make sense to well, me. Yeah, I mean, that that was one of the biggest criticisms I had with this movie was that she so like you said she the the survivalists they 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 sort of fix her up and this place is weird man like she knows about the creatures she knows about the fungus that it infects you all of this stuff and they fix her foot in like one night like it it they put this stuff on it and it heals it like right away so she can actually just leave and they're like yeah we're going to we're going to take you out of here tomorrow just just so you know and then she decides to stay and she's like it makes it her mission to save this kid and it makes absolutely no sense i don't think anybody would do this in real life like make this decision aside from her just being like hey um you should let him leave and like come with me and then like talking to him about it like hey you can leave with me if you want like i'm leaving regardless you can come with me if you want. And then I think that that's significant. Like, or that's sufficient. She did her part in trying yeah. to get this kid out of here. He, she gave him an out, but yeah. she, but eventually she's, I don't think this is a big spoiler or anything, but she's just like, yeah, I'm staying. She just decides that like, Oh, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to stay here. And it's, yeah. it's so weird. And I kind of, you know, I tried to rationalize that decision with the fact that, by this point, she's infected. Like her mind is being turned to mush by the by the mother nature, whatever you want to call it. That the 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 fungal infection that's spreading out throughout this whole forest. So she's just not even like with it. She's not at her full mental capacity. I, I would say. 
but no, but no, but it's still it's still just odd. It's enough. Like she's she's cognizant enough. Like she's lucid enough to know what's going on. Because the thing is, like the the other kind of issue I have with this movie is there's tons of these like nightmare sequences, like dream sequences, where there'll be this crazy visual that that happens, and then her waking up. And well, she's like back into reality. And, and there's, of course, the, the double, the old dream. There is the a dream. double, yeah. It, the, way it's way overused in this. Yes. Like the visual, the, yeah. the thing is, like the thing that kind of makes up for it is the fact that they are they're all relatively short, and they all include like really cool visuals when like the roots are coming out of her ear and stuff. It's like there's some really crazy, gross shit that happens in this movie. I think the, the a, a huge bonus for this movie is just the location itself. Oh yeah. Like this is, I mean the greens in this movie, my goodness. Yeah. I mean the thing that really saves this movie for me is the location, the visuals, the sound, uh, like just the, you can hear every little, like, you know, smush and like wet, like sloppy, like moss and mud and like every little twig and branch breaking and leaves and like you can hear all the roots growing and it's such a such a gross movie but the whole time I'm watching it I'm just like man you know like some people talk about actors and how they have like their lives are just so easy they just don't have to do any work and they just show up on set and blah 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 and you you see these show them this movie and be like look at what these people had to go through I mean uh, I didn't see any behind the scenes stuff, but this did not look like an easy shoot to me. No, it did, and it's yeah, it doesn't look like a fun shoot. Like it can't be. No, just the the fact that they're covered in muck just and grime. Can't. Yeah, it, if you, I think if you get squeamish easily, like if if stuff grosses you out this might not be the best movie to look into i think it's a pretty gross i don't know maybe maybe it's just me but i thought it was pretty gross i don't know did you find this movie to be pretty gross a little bit i think the the noises got me a little bit because i have that thing where noises just kind of irritate me a little bit which i wonder if that played into it too that i'm (laughs) just like the squishing and stuff and it's just like you know it put it put me on that I was operating from that plane of just being slightly irritated because it's so goddamn much squishing. Mm, mm-hmm. and they, Stop with the squishing. And then they show like close ups of things like decomposing and like moth, like the, the fungus like growing and roots, lots of like root growing and stuff. I think that some people find that to be kind of gross, like seeing these like roots branch off and. I do have to say I did I liked what they did with the with like all the the various fungus and mushrooms growing on things. It looked I like it looked good. It looked really it. good and like when they showed the one the one guy who gets infected and they take him over like just the makeup effects like the makeup yeah. work in this movie is just incredible. Because they could have taken the easy way out and just had like one like one variety of fungus, like one species of fungus overtake. No, they're just like, okay, we're going to do like anything that we can think of, various different colors, 
various different shapes all in one organism. We're just gonna we're gonna go to town. It's gonna be like forty two different fungi on here. So I appreciated that. I also liked the the way it looked when the the fungus started growing out of you, like when it's on her arms and legs. The, the little barnacles. Yeah, it, because it looks so real. Because they did it in super close up, right? So like she wakes up and she has these things like growing out of her arms and they they pull way in so so i mean you see it in extreme detail and she's pulling them off of her like they're like leeches or like you said barnacles or something and it just looks very looks organic good. very real yeah very uh yeah that, very creepy yeah i think and that's the thing that that disappoints me is i think you have the creativity and the ingenuity to pull this off with a, you know, with a lower budget and you have the idea there, but then, you know, so much of this runtime is devoted to her making this decision of like, I got to get this kid out of here. Mind you, the other thing that kind of bothered me about this angle is like the kid never really seemed like he wanted to, to leave or like he didn't like it there. This was something that she just kind of decided on her own. Like, I need to get you out of here. Yeah. And I, then just the, the the fact that there's that weird sexual energy coming from him, because, of course, he's, like, never been around a woman. So I just don't see her being, you know, open to this idea of, like, spending a ton of time with him. I don't know. Well, it, seems, it seems like she does kind of start to have an interest in him like yeah like which like just physically which is which is weird because again it's, 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 it's yeah it's not determined how old he is but she acts like he's uh, like significantly younger than her like he's a kid and she's looking yeah. to save this kid but then at the same time there's this like weird attraction there's like this underlying kind of sexual energy to this whole movie where it's just weird everybody just wants to fuck the forest like fuck like fuck those uh tree holes and everything there's which does happen which is another thing that i thought was kind of dumb in in terms of like the the drug trip which of course just devolves into you know people having sex with the forest floor or people having sex with each other it's just like oh okay Gotcha. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I probably could have done without that too. But the, the th- one of the things that bothered me was like, I felt like this character was, she, she's one of these characters that like, well, never mind. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to get into it. She, she kind of bothered me just in the fact that it seemed like everyone around her was suffering because of her stupid actions. You know, like, why didn't she, if she, like, she, if she just left, like, if she didn't, if she just didn't bother trying to go after her drone in the first place. Yeah. I just, I feel like every, every decision that she makes is like very, like, foolhardy. Like, she, she wants to do good, but she doesn't really, like, these people know this forest. And she knows that there are creatures yeah. out there that are ready to kill you. And they, they tell her like, oh, don't go over there. That's where they live. And then she just goes over there. <laughs> like, j- come on. Like, she's a frustrating character at times. 
which is you can you know with all that all that knowledge it does give it that weird racial angle mm-hmm. where the the two white guys are the ones that commune with nature and know the forest and if you would just take their lead which is you know historically not been true yeah i mean i'm not sure that there was that that was intended no i think that that was just inadvertent like they didn't they didn't realize that until it's too late you know the movie's made and then it's like oh you know what you could read it that way it makes it a little bit bizarre yeah whereas like yeah the the messaging behind this is a little you know iffy where you have so like the the main guy the main survivalist guy He's a scientist, so he's an, he's an educated man, but presumably he went a little wacky after his wife died and, like, rebelled against humanity. I guess he probably in a, uh, un- unconsciously blamed humanity for making his wife sick or something, so he is siding with m- m- the, the nature to take yeah. over and re- reclaim the Earth. As it were. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I just want to know where they kept getting clothes. Where where did he keep coming across all this burlap? Yeah, they got Why the, does he have so much burlap. Cause she, yeah, because she gets a like a burlap yeah, they, they, shirt. They have clothes on. for her. Yeah, maybe they I mean they're kind of weaved, so maybe maybe they weave them somehow. I don't know. Something. It's like netting. I don't know. I mean I, I I've thought about the logistics of this living living arrangement, you know, several times, like how how all that works. But it didn't seem like they had like it seemed like they're just eating meat, pure protein, yeah, grubs, which seemed to be working okay for one of them. The other one, not so much. <laughs> Dude, he was. Uh, so I I guess that that that's a good segue into the performances. I I thought that all the performances were pretty solid on this. Uh, the 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 main dude, uh, Baron, played by Carol Nell. He does such a good job, but holy crap! Oh my god, he was so skinny, like disturbingly skinny. He's like a skeleton yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I that I, that was that was a bit difficult for me too. He was it was just it was off putting. <laughs> I just I was really concerned for him. Everything well, I mean, I think that this is a movie that is like in very intentionally off-putting. Yes, but at the same time, visually, very, very arresting. I, I really liked the visuals in this, and in fact, uh, ultimately, I gave this a positive review, even though I did have some issues with the with the plot. I think the other the other elements made up for it for me. So let's go ahead and give it a score now. My initial score when I saw this at South by was a seven out of ten. I think that seeing it again, discussing it with you, I probably would drop it down a bit, but because I have that review published, I'll keep it as is. Yeah, you got it. it's locked in, buddy. There's nothing yeah. you can I'm, do. I'm fine with that. You're locked in. It just it was tough for me to get over because all I could think of is this is this was born out of him playing the last of us 
and then reading those articles about how trees communicate with each other through fungus. And I feel like he just took those two things. Like that was the thing that was going on in his life, the writer of this film at the time. And it just, that's what well, he came up with. What I kind so of, what I kind what? of hope is that, cause they're making the last of us show right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so what I'm hoping right. is the people in the art department see this and they're like, Hey, they figured it out. Let's copy them. Full circle. There you go. So, ah, man, I, I want to go I go like a five, five and a half. Well, five. I'm going to go five. All right. Straight down the too, middle on this one. I'm being too nice. I just wish it wasn't so focused on the whole, I got to get this kid out of here. Because, like, that's... But the thing she is, just keeps trying to do it, and she's not doing a good job of accomplishing this the, goal. The, the thing is, though, that even that is so nuanced because she's not like trying that hard. Like most yeah. of the time, is just them like kind of living, living, living their life, just hanging out. Yeah, and her, her, her having like falling asleep, having a vision, waking up, dealing with some fungus. Falling asleep, vision, fungus. It's like she's she's trying to make this plant, and then there's like the whole thing with like the phone and all of that. But yeah, yeah, I still think. I mean, it's definitely a memorable experience. I think. I mean, it's it's not a movie that, like, when I rewatched it, you know, a lot of these movies, I I see so many of these movies that they as soon as I'm done with them, like a couple days later, they just leave my brain. And this is one that I've remembered pretty much beat for beat. So. It's it's certainly one that's going to stick with you, I think. It remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. 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 right. Uh, let's move on and talk about some of what we've been watching. Kevin, I believe, it is your turn this week. My turn, and I only have one this week. So this will be a relatively short segment for me. I saw Jake Mahaffey's Reunion. This is pretty much available on like all streaming platforms, I've realized. Like it's on Amazon Prime, it's on Shudder. It's it's everywhere. They want you to see this movie. They're putting it out there. Um pretty straightforward in terms of like the setup. The a pregnant woman, she returns to her her, her grandparents like the the family home. It's this big fucking house. This old old style house just incredible and she just she's coming back and she just wants to sell the thing get it over with she's working on a book she's she's an academic and she's working on a book about like black magic and stuff like the history of it and how it led to like real science well when she gets to the house her mother's there with their father and like they're they're estranged they haven't seen each other for a while and you, you know it's tense very tense. And, uh, you know, it just kind of plays out like your normal, like, haunted house. When she lived there, there was her sister. And, you know, she keeps seeing her. And this is the thing that kind of bothered me is, like, there are so many, like, her having visions of the past and, like, her remembering stuff from the past, like, periodically throughout the movie. And it just... I. I couldn't get into it. Now, I did appreciate where they took it at the end. Because it is different. It has a different ending. So I'll give it that. Bonus points for, you know, taking a a fresh approach. But at the same time, it all kind of comes, like, just in, like, a a dump. 
at the end. Just, you know, just cram everything in at the end. We don't really explain too much, which kind of makes sense because the, the, you kind of put it in the position of, of the woman learning everything. So some of it doesn't make sense, obviously. But it just felt a little bit rushed at the end, the way that they kind of tied everything up that I could have I used a little bit more. Mm. But, I mean, it's, it's all right. It's decent. The only thing is the like the camera work and stuff. There's a lot of because uh, it deals with black magic and alchemy. There's so many shots of you know like a somewhat red clear liquid, and you're dropping some black ink into it. Ooh, just super super close up that you know. Oh man, look at the effects of that liquid. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Stuff getting injected to stuff flushed and fused that kind of thing like they do that a lot and it's just like i get it this is experimental i understand calm it down dial it back a little bit you know all right uh i was wrapping things up with tribeca this week so i i have a couple from that that i can mention uh the first one is called all my friends hate me this is a it's an awkward dark comedy written uh sorry directed by andrew gaynard uh it's about a guy who hasn't seen his best friends from college in like years and years and it's his birthday coming up and they invite him for a a party at the this like super posh manor that one of his friend's parents own so he goes there and things like kind of seem a little weird and he becomes increasingly paranoid that like there's something weird going on with his friends. Like they may have some kind of ulterior motive or maybe they're out to get him. And the thing is like, if you're into really like super awkward kind of cringe comedy, this is definitely, it definitely fits that bill. Like it is very uncomfortable comedy it is it's good like it's awkward in a good way for the most part but if you're into like especially like the the british like cringe comedy like that's what this is for sure the problem is uh where the story goes is just not interesting or compelling whatsoever like it i didn't care about the main guy like i didn't give a shit if these friends are out to get him or not couldn't couldn't really care less because he's awful his friends are awful they're all stupid and idiots and i really didn't care what happened to any of them they're all shitbags so frankly i had no skin in the game so when there was like the reveal at the end i was just like all right well that's it okay no big deal it, this is really underwhelming so <laughs> Can't really recommend all my friends hate me. I like that title though. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw Poser. This is directed by Ori Segev and Noah Dixon. This is a, uh, a drama about a young woman living in Columbus, Ohio, and she decides that she wants to cover the indie music scene in Columbus because apparently Columbus has a really thriving art scene. Mm -hmm. and 
she wants to make a podcast. So she decides, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a podcast and interview artists and bands and mm-hmm. uh, and then become and become more attuned with the art scene. And what she does is she, she ends up befriending uh, one of the a, a local local artist. I think her name's Bobby Kitten. And she is an actual Columbus artist. In fact, everybody in this, like all the bands and stuff, they're all, they all play themselves. And, um, it turns out that she's like, what she's doing is she's, she's sort of like copying, like writing down all of their ideas and writing their lyrics down to like songs they're working on as she's interviewing them. And then she's kind of like creating a persona for herself, but she's like, basically just plagiarizing everyone else's thoughts and ideas. So she's like essentially not really coming up with her own thoughts, opinions, ideas, creative endeavors, but she's just stealing everybody else's, hence the title. And people eventually find out and it's, it's, it's no good for her. It's good. Uh, I would, I would give it a light recommend. The last one I'll mention is called How It Ends. And this is directed by Zoe Lister-Jones and Daryl Ween. Uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how I feel about this one because it's, it was shot during the pandemic. It is a comedy that takes place on the last day on Earth. So in this movie, there is a comet that is headed towards Earth. And everybody knows that it's, this is it. Like This is the last day before it hits and kills everybody. So mm-hmm. Zoe Lister Jones plays uh, a, a young woman in LA who she's, she's going to a party later in the evening and she just decides to somebody steals her car. So she decides to walk around and meet up with all of the people in her life who she's basically say goodbye to everybody. So she makes amends with people who she was on the outs with. She, talks to her her dad and her and her mom um there's a lot of people in this like finn wolfhard nick kroll uh whitney cummings and bobby lee fred armison glenn howerton olivia wilde there's just tons and tons of people in this and really what it it boils down to is these like little kind of tiny segments of interactions between Zoe Lister Jones character and this other person that she goes to see. So it's kind of shot very segmented because again, this was during the pandemic. They're all like distanced from one another, like during the interaction. So everybody's kind of far away. Um, and I mean, I props to them for making it work. But the problem I had with this movie is I really hated it. Um, I, I, <laughs> didn't find it funny at all and for whatever reason like a lot of the interactions just really got underneath my skin like i just did not like any of the like topics that they were talking about just none of it worked for me even in the slightest bit and i like zoe lister jones i i I was really disappointed with like how i felt about it but like the whole kind of shtick here is that her younger self is following her around and her younger self is played by uh, Kaylee Sp- Spaney. And 
so there's this other dynamic where all of a sudden, because it's like the end of the world, everybody's like younger selves are like become like manifested. So you can commute, everybody can see each other's younger selves and they can communicate with them and stuff. Like Fred Armisen is the younger self of this like 90 year old man. And they have just these like kind of one-off conversations. Some of them are mildly humorous. Some of them are just pointless and boring. It just nothing really gelled for me with this one. I actually really hated it. So (laughs) sorry to say, but I can't recommend how it ends. It was a kind of a cool experiment, but just not nothing that really worked for me, unfortunately. Yeah. I was not, I was not expecting that. Like your 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 build up there, I just expected you to be like, yeah, not not my cup of tea. But man, you hit me out of nowhere with that. I really, I, I almost so I turned it off at one point because I was like, this is so I just can't stand (laughs) this right now. And but then I was like, you know what? No, I'm like halfway through it. I'm just gonna see it through to the end. Just see what happens. So I stuck I stuck it out to the end, but hold. Man, it was just a just a slog, man. I like I don't know why, but I just could not get into it. I just didn't find any of it to be even remotely entertaining. No, Des- despite just, I, despite the huge number of great people in it. Yeah, and I think I don't know, but you telling me the the basic premise of this sounds just insufferable, and then you tell me like a huge cast like that, and it just you know feels like a bunch of famous people it really yeah just, I, just, at the end of the day i think that's what it was i think that it was just like i was kind of feeling like oh this is just a bunch of la la actors who maybe they all live in the same neighborhood i don't even know but they just decided you know what we're stuck inside it's quarantine let's just make let's just do something let's just do a project yeah. keep busy and Which like is- it feels it feels so LA and and I think that maybe the part of it is intentional like it is very intentionally that kind of like poking fun of LA culture but at the same time it to me it just feeds into the LA stereotypes and I just man I did not enjoy it yeah yeah it it just sounds it sounds like that they probably had a great time yeah but Seemed like no a visit, pro- probably like a lot of friends, you know, making like Glenn Howerton is in it, and then uh, Charlie Day is in it too. And uh, sorry, I can't remember her name, but she's she's also in she she plays the waitress in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I can't remember her name, but Charlie Day and her play uh, a married couple. Are they together in real life? Yes. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I thought so. But anyway, yeah, yeah, they they they're in it playing a married couple, and they're like all drugged out. They're high on something, and (laughs) yeah, Uh, just just, uh, yeah, it just doesn't really work. Didn't work for me. No, no, thank you. Yeah, you would hate. Oh my god, you would hate it. You would find it absolutely insufferable. I'm just you. Just knowing what I know now, I hate it. I they, feel bad that I hate it because I haven't watched it, but I just, I feel, I know myself and I believe in myself. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just know that I'm right and I hate it. Yeah. You, you would, you would definitely hate it. I like, I can, there's some stuff where I'm like, I don't know if Kevin would like it or not. This you would hate. It, it is like the whole younger self thing. 
Like it gets so self serious at the end too. Like when yeah. she when she has to confront her younger self. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because there's like that whole there's like this whole angle where like she's she's trying to she's like constantly fighting with her younger self and like trying to be happy and trying to be fulfilled. And she like had this like great relationship with this guy, but when it got too serious, she got, she got scared and she pushed him away. And it's just, so so there's this whole thing where she's like trying to see him one last time and, and just tell him that she loves him. And it's just, uh, Oh, did not, did not like it. Just, uh, on the nose, met like metaphors and just uh, can't remember. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Just one, well, two of note. Zola is going to be hitting limited release on June 30th. I really want to see this. A limited release coming back. Yeah. Yep. We're going to keep that tradition, huh? I, I guess so. Either way, I, I, you know, why wouldn't they release this on VOD at the same time? Like, come on. It's A24 is so stuck up sometimes, I swear. It's weird, though, because there's certain movies that they will do. Yeah, like one, but... ones that they think are deemed worthy enough only get a theatrical release. When I think that it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that this movie specifically would do really well being released in theaters and on VOD. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Either way, I'm I'm... I really want to see that. We also have the Forever Purge, which is coming out on July second. So this is the new Purge movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't I don't know for whatever reason this one just does not because the whole concept of this one gets rid of the idea of the Purge. You know, like the Forever Purge. It's just like okay, we're we're eliminating the core concept of the purge where one day a year people can do whatever they want and there's no, like, everything is legal. But in mm-hmm. the forever purge, it's just like everything is legal all the time. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably watch it. I'll, I'll watch it at some point anyway. On VOD this week, on the... 29th, we have The Legend of the Underground that's going to be on HBO Max. We have Rainfalls, uh, which is also on the 29th. On July 1st, we have No Sudden Move, which is going to be on HBO Max. I really want to see that. That's the Soderbergh. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'll probably be next week's movie, actually. It's one with Don Cheadle. Oh, yeah, it's going to be the one. Yeah. Really Uh excited about that, actually. We got Let Us In. Uh, Wait, what is... Yeah, second, okay. We got Werewolves Within. That was decent. We got Scenes from an Empty Church. That's the new owner Tuchel. Oh yeah. Did you see the trailer for that yet? No, I have not watched it yet. I, I implore you to watch the trailer. Yeah. And let, and let me know. Cause it, I'm sure the movie's good. It looks like it could very well be good, but the, the trailer's very, makes it look super cheesy. Really? Mm-hmm. Which is weird. Cause that's not what you expect. Yeah. Really. It looks really cheesy and I'm sure it's just the trailer, but yeah. We have Long Story Short, First Date, The Tomorrow War. That's going to be on Amazon Prime. That's the sci-fi one with Chris Pratt. Uh, Summer of Soul. That's the Questlove-directed documentary. Mm-hmm. 
I'm kind of into that one too. Man, lots of stuff next uh, this week. We got the God Committee also coming out. That's the one with Kelsey Grammer. Looks kind of interesting. It's about a uh, a a hospital where a an organ transplant committee must convene within one hour to decide which of three patients deserves a life-saving heart. Oh boy! Yeah. So tricky, tricky uh, choices there. Tricky decisions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So yeah, lots of stuff on VOD this week. Holy cow! Really good stuff coming out. Blu-ray. We got Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory coming out in 4K. Got Major Dundee from 1965. That's going to be on Arrow. Limited edition. Walking the Edge from 1985. And Memories from 1995. I think that's an anime. Um, In Harm's Way from 1965. The General's Daughter from 1999. Uh, The Leather Boys from 1964. That's going to be an AGFA release uh battle beyond the stars from 1980 that looks like it's getting a steelbook edition let's see what else we got here she done him wrong starring may west from 1933 delirium from 1987 his uh adoration from 2019 uh just a gigolo from 1978 night after night from 1932 looks like there's a lot of may west stuff coming out so we have Night After Night, Go West Young Man, Bell of the 90s, Klondike Annie, Every Day is a Holiday, Going to Town, Mad About Music, Nice Girl, That Certain Age, I think those have, those are all Mae West, I think. I could be wrong about maybe one or two of those, but looks like pretty much all of Mae West's stuff is coming out on Blu-ray. All right. Interesting. AGFA is also releasing Treasure of the Ninja and the yes. films and the films of William Lee. Slap that into the old computer. Treasure of the Ninja. Hell yeah. Uh, here are the young men. Uh, Stardust. King of the Hill from 1993. Hello. Sorry. That's a criterion. Is it? Yeah. It looks like maybe a bunch of Criterions are getting re-released, or maybe they're coming out on Blu-ray for the first time. Perhaps. I like. There's only two listed on the... Hmm. On, yeah, on Blu-ray.com, there's a whole shitload listed, like George Washington, Francis Ha, Breaking the Waves, Love Streams. Okay. I don't know if that's correct or not, but I don't know. Maybe they're just re-releases. I mean, I know, I know most of those were already out on Criterion, but maybe they're new to Blu-ray. I don't think George Washington was converted over to Blu-ray. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, what, what are the two that you have on your list as far as Criterions? I have uh, D. Reese's Pariah mm-hmm. coming out, and then Samuel Fuller's Pickup on South Street from 1953. Nice. kind of interested in that, actually. Oh, it's a... Film noir classic. Yeah. I've, I've kind of wanted to see that for a while. Just never got around to it. Well, now the, now's your week. Yeah. This is it. Make really, it happen. I like the cover, too. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, lots of stuff, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on your podcast platform of choice 
For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.